Welcome, adjudicators, to another episode of Disputed, where two fictional characters go head-to-head, armed with only their advocates, and you will decide the outcome. Everything is Disputed. Yeah, yeah! That was, uh, that was a great intro. I had a little hiccup there at the beginning, but that's all right. <laughs> I almost played the wrong one, but we'll get to that one in a little bit. How, you, how are you, Damon? I am well. Things are uh, interesting around these parts as per the usual. It's, uh, it's basically uh, the been my whole 2022. So, yeah, you know. Good times. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah good times in 2022 if i had a deeper voice this would be oh, sexy yeah. like that <laughs> <laughs> all right buddy why don't you uh go and introduce yourself wow don't mind if i do <laughs> what's up blurs and nerds i'm damon father of two husband of one I turn dad jokes into poetry, and I'm the Tyrion Lannister of the Disputed Podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess that makes, does that make me the hound or? <laughs> I Literally anybody else on that. <laughs> Literally any other character uh, right. except that, what was the Batman little girl? What was her name? Oh, Arya. Yeah, everybody uh, but Arya, man. I love That's Arya. About it. She was my favorite. So, <laughs> thank you, Demond. Welcome, adjudicators. Uh, I'm Dean. I am the uh, yeah. I guess I'm the hound of the show. <laughs> you can find me on so many podcasts that I've forgotten how they are, uh, where they are, but you can find them over at Podskier.com uh, and check them all out from there. So, yeah, that's uh, Podskier.com. Uh, you know, and so I'll, what, do, what do I do? We go Podskirt, we do Disputed, we do The Wandering Type, we do How Are You Now, and uh, The Boondocks, and then I'm sure there's other ones that are going to happen at some point, so, because <laughs> they always uh, do. Well, yeah, there is that. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about these, the last episode, man. Uh, it was a... We did better as far as the number of votes. Our goal, or at least my goal, is to is that we hit twenty votes uh, mm-hmm. for the episode, and we've gone past that. We hit we hit twenty two, uh, so that's Yay. good. Uh, so that said, um, this was a fairly lopsided. Jason Bourne, the victor, uh, and you know. Uh, uh, so first, let me say this: uh, thanks to Keith and Heather Mackey for the awesome WWE two K twenty two characters that they make for us each episode. Uh, you can find them out on, on Twitter at Heather Mackey. Uh, it's H E A T H E R M A K I one, uh, on that's on Twitter on Instagram. It's S O L freedom 10. Uh, and they make a lot of cool characters and they have for a while, um, ever in have done so since letter Kitty. <laughs> so, uh, they've got some really awesome. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was surprised at the turnout for Jason Bourne on here because when I saw when going into it, I saw the fight as being pretty equal. Uh, and now that the audience set up, uh, even with my fuck up, Renee pulled out the win for Bourne. Bourne grabbed the lead and never looked back, winning by a score of 77% to Frank Martin's 23%. Wow. Yeah. This so, is the, that's the most lopsided victory we've had. That's the lo- so, most lopsided match we've had so far. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I, I believe so. Yeah. We haven't had any that are that 
far apart, but yeah. Um, so yeah, congrats to Renee. Uh, Renee, Drake did a hell of a job. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about it, but Drake, Drake came prepared for Martin. So, uh, so did, uh, <laughs> so did Renee, but Renee pivoted right then and there and took it over and yeah. Uh, I don't want to say it was a pity. If it was a pity vote, it would have been closer. I think, I think that, you know, Renee brought, brings a little something. He brings a little spice. Uh, not that Drake, Drake brought his a game, but not uh, like I say, not all gay, not, not all a games are equal, you know? So, <laughs> uh, what do you, so what are your, what's your thought on that? I felt like you did that. It would be pretty close uh i see i saw the characters as pretty even i think i mentioned it last uh last episode that uh i could easily see them in the same universe and doing a superhero team up thing like the battle that we just had would be like the beginning of the movie and by the end of the movie they're taking down terrorist organizations or fighting from orbit or whatever <laughs> they do orbit fighting yeah uh and that's kind of in a way maybe a little bit what might uh, what could have happened with the bout we've got going on tonight. So uh, what do you say we uh, talk about what, uh, what this, uh, what this episode is bringing for us? Surely. You ready? This episode brings disputes between two of the most intense scrappers to be seen on screen. One is a sexy, sleek super spy. The other brawling bruiser from Baltimore edge of your seat where we're going we don't need seats who are these beastie brawlers who will go above and beyond you ask only two of the most fearless fighters to favorite film and tv the atomic blonde lorraine broughton versus from the expanse amos burton yeah yeah Woo. man Two uh, two characters that couldn't be farther apart and uh, and and dates uh, of all of our scrappers as well as space. So uh, yeah, this is a a, a scrap that's a bit out of time. <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So um, what do you what do you, how do you think how do you see this showing up for this evening? What do you think? Oh boy. Um... <laughs> It'll it it I, as I see it right now, it's a it's a very it's a clash in styles. Mm -hmm. uh, the temperaments seem to be the same, but it's a it's a clash in styles with the much smaller Broughton versus Amos, who's uh, quite a bit larger. And but both of them have similar ways of thinking th thinking of things. So it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Yeah, I uh, I'm really looking forward to it because they are both killers, literally killers um uh no doubt about it i mean i mean i i now granted i've only listened to a little bit of the expanse book uh books um but watching the show amos and and lorraine both will fight no matter how hard they're injured until somebody's dead uh they don't care so it's happening one way or another it seems like so yeah i think both i think both of them failed uh I think both of them failed kindergarten because neither one of them played. So play. <laughs> Does not play well with others. <laughs> All right. So, well, let's, uh, what do we say? We introduce our advocates for the evening and I'll bring in advocate number one. Our first advocate is currently one and zero in the tournament. 
She got her win by advocating for Robert McCall, the equalizer. Originally from Seattle, but now residing in Portland, Oregon. Also three to four feet to my right. Uh, friends call her Red, but I call her Baby Girl. <laughs> Make some noise for Tiara Walker. <laughs> How are you, baby girl? Oh, I'm lovely. How are you? Yes, you are. <laughs> mm. You hush your face. Oh, yeah. You know <laughs> so, baby girl, who are you advocating for uh, for this to the, for this evening, and why? And what do you uh, what do you bring to the match? Uh, well, I am advocating for Lorraine Broughton from Atomic Blonde, um, because from the moment I saw this movie, well, actually, I'll go back in time. From the moment I saw Shirley Theron in her first action role, which would have been back in, like, Aeon Flux days, I was hooked. And when she started doing more serious action, like, Atomic Blonde is, like, just one of my favorites now, um, which is amazing. Uh, what do I bring to the table? I... Um, I don't know. Weird. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't I bring, think any of us uh, would be doing this if we weren't somewhat weird. I I bring a um a, I don't know my weird brain, but I, from what I understand, my uh, my opponent tonight and I we have a lot in common when it comes to our weird brains. So well, uh, that's not too uh, un- dissimilar from uh, our our uh, fighters this evening, right? What'd you say? Uh, and speaking of our uh, our other fighter, why don't we uh, go ahead and bring them in, huh? Our next advocate is making their disputed debut. From Wisconsin, now residing in Colorado. They died three times, spent seven minutes dead, and had their allergies tattooed on their arm. No nicknames needed for this advocate. Just give it up for Ben. Hello. Thank you for having me. And thank you for thank you for joining us. Um, Ben, first of all, tell me about them tattoos, and then tell us who you are advocating uh, advocating for this evening, and what you bring to the table. Uh, my college roommate owns a tattoo studio, so it's uh, it's pretty easy to get tattoos. Oh my god! When it's, uh, when it's just in, in exchange for rent, like money off rent, and then my allergy list for EMTs to read when I get uh, emergency IVs. This tattooed above my main vein on my left arm. Smart. Clever. Very smart. Very clever. Yeah, yeah. And then three times dead, seven and a half minutes total. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm here, I'm here to advocate for my boy Amos. The the man is adopted. How could I not advocate for a fellow adoptee? He uh, he's an intergalactic powerhouse. Why why would I not be here to immediately show up and back him up? As much as I respect you, Tr. I. I I can't help but defend him. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) 
This is going to be like the most polite <laughs> ever. Yeah, yeah like, you're yeah. ready for so much Midwest nice. Oh, so kind. Oh, oh, didn't mean to step oh, on you there. Oh, you betcha. It's only slightly <laughs> funny because I literally was like, yeah, I can't. I'm not I'm not the kind that goes on the attack. Dean's like, yeah, you could do some trash talk. I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> Come on. You no, could. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, your camera setup is excellent, and you, you, you look amazing. Thank you. Oh. She always looks amazing. <laughs> like, where can you see yeah. me? There we go. <laughs> I have to figure out where the microphone's going to go, because this is not a good place for it. <laughs> I'm going to have to get to, get one of the pull-down mics. <laughs> yeah, overhead yeah, would actually need, be better like the old one we had. But... Ready to rumble. we got to get Damon. Oh, yeah, let's get ready to rumble. Sunday, Michael Sunday, Buffer. Sunday. Okay, yeah. Please don't sue us, Michael Buffer. <laughs> all right so so yeah and like Devon said what, what do you bring to the table for uh for for our, our our boy amos uh so amos uh not not only am i wildly familiar with the book series but uh very familiar with the tv show and uh, i went ahead and made sure to re-up my knowledge on not only his background but his capabilities and the situations that he's found himself in in order to uh, progress not only as a person, but as a character across the series that he's in. Uh, I hope to be able to represent um, not only the brutality that he is capable of, but the growth of a person that he he aspires to uh, through his relationships with his peers and friends around him. Yeah, I mean... I sometimes, sometimes brute force is good, but it's even better to undermine the the, men, the enemy psychologically, and Amos does that well. Yeah, I, and I, I will say we're fans of both. Oh yeah, uh, Atomic Blonde and our uh, the, uh, what was it, the coldest? Uh, what was the, the coldest? Coldest night. Coldest night. Right. Yeah, uh, and 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 the expanse. Haven't so. gotten the the sequel slash prequel yet, but it's gonna happen. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear what it, both of you good. have to bring to this. So. The prequel, uh, the comic book prequel covers more of James McAvoy's character ah, than it does okay. uh, Charlize Theron's character. So that's why it's not crucial. And just just for the sake of people, I am going to be focusing more on the TV show vers version of Amos than the book version, because there's a lot more detail that that some people who have enjoyed the show but haven't had a chance to read the books yet may not want spoiled. That's that's um, awesome, and, and I'm not looking. I'm not looking to do that for anybody at all. It's a wonderful, wonderful book series. It's a wonderful, wonderful TV show. Just like the Atomic Blonde movie is absolutely wonderful. The 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 comic is is a wonderful short read. They they really both elevate each other in different ways. And with with any luck, there will be more canon in the future to the Atomic Blonde, whatever. Because right now yeah. it's a book and um book and a movie, uh, with a sequel potentially at some point um but yeah it's it's a little intimidating knowing that the character i'm going against has literal like just <laughs> so Multiple much chapters. so much information dedicated just to him the, the, the atomic blonde book is about right? that thick and just one expanse book right? is about that right. thick. No. i mean i mean she's she's uh she's a spy you don't know anything about her and that's the way she likes it so i uh I'll just have to use yeah. what I have. Yeah, the Amos Bur <laughs> Amos Burton is is more like the Jason Bourne. It's oh my god, it's Jason Bourne. It's oh my god, it's Amos Burton. Mm -hmm. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, if the the thing the thing that uh, Alex, my wife, and I were discussing before the podcast was uh, 
if you see Amherst coming at you, you know you're dead. You tend to not see Lorraine Broughton coming at you because she's so well disguised and so discreet because she's a spy. You're dead before you realize it's Lorraine Broughton. See, you just so like you making my argument. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, before yeah, we start making our, these that. arguments, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and uh, and uh, get, everything set up. <laughs> get everything set up here. So uh, I'm going to jostle you guys around here a little bit. So um, let's go over the rules. Uh, advocate number one. So we have two advocates. Tiara is advocate number one. Ben is advocate number two. Uh, we start with an opening statement from advocate number one, uh, which will be five minutes at, uh, at most. Granted, we uh, we uh, as the the show host can extend the time another thirty seconds, uh, or you, you can just bank your time. I, I, I you know like I have rules here. <laughs> so not using five minutes. So if you don't use your five minutes, you can bank that time if you want it t- more time for your rebuttal or whatever. Uh, so. Op- you'll both get opening statements five minutes long, uh, followed by the rebuttal from your opponent. That will be two minutes. Uh, after that, we will have host questions. Uh, uh, Demond will ask a question uh, or, or as many questions as he wants from Tiara. Uh, I will ask as many questions as I need to from Ben. Uh, we may or may not get quest- may or may not get questions from the audience out there, uh, in which we could pop them up on the screen and let you answer them. And then each of you will get closing arguments. Advocate one, Tiara, will go first. And Ben, you'll close things out with your final two minutes. So any questions before we get going? All right. No. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and bring the clock in here. And I'm going to set this up like so. And Tiara, once you're ready to go, I'm going to go ahead and start here. And your time is starting now. Attractive, resourceful, competent professional, intense, badass. Tonight, I'm here to advocate on behalf of Lorraine Broughton from Atomic Blonde. Depending on who you ask, Lorraine Broughton is either a top MI6 agent, a top CIA agent, or possibly both. Not a lot of solid information exists about her past, but during the Cold War, she spent a lot of time in Russia, East and West Germany, and across Europe. She's able to speak several languages and is a master of accents and disguise. She's highly intelligent and well-read, able to quote Machiavelli. She is not what you picture when you think about spies. Sure, she's tall and thin and objectively beautiful, but she is physically powerful and can take down multiple larger opponents in seconds using whatever is around her, including a vodka bottle, a towel, a garden hose, a telephone cord, keys, and a ladder. She can disarm you with a shoe and will more likely beat you to death with your own gun than shoot you. What we know about Lorraine comes from her. Most of what we know about Lorraine comes from her briefing with MI6 following a mission in Berlin. She speaks several languages, including English, Russian, German, and Swedish. She is an expert in escape and evasion, highly proficient in intelligence collection and hand-to-hand combat. She's a firearms expert, but prefers not to kill unless the job calls for it. And she will not give up a fight until she is dead. Lorraine believes that empathy is a liability in her job. Innocent civilians are more complications than, than people to protect. She does not trust anyone, and her relationships are strictly a way to get information. But she's not feelingless and regrets the inability to trust and be trustworthy. I believe Amos and Lorraine would make a good team, where they do exist at the same time. Amos says, The way I see it, there are only three kinds of people in the world. Bad ones, ones you follow, and ones you need to protect. This is pretty much how Lorraine operates. She has a strong belief that what she is doing is right. She's a soldier, a spy, and someone who gave up her entire life to do what she thought was right. I do not believe that she would fight Amos unless she was ordered to or he stood in her way, 
But if a fight was to occur, I fully believe that Lorraine Broughton would win. And I bank my time. All right. You're banking two minutes and 51 seconds. So good job. All right. Uh, ben, I'm going to go ahead and bring you over, and then I'll start your two-minute timer for your rebuttal. So, Ready when you are. There we go. All right. Let's go for it. Lorraine Broughton was trained. She was trained by a government. She's a, a weapon that's pointed at something and utilized. Amos Burton was not trained. He was born and bred in violence. S. Lorraine is exceptionally well-skilled in deception and being a spy and the violence that may come with that, but she still has an ethics, a code of ethics that she follows that is a, a moral compass, something Amos lacks and has to grow. Lorraine may be efficient, but is she effective? She spends a significant portion of that Berlin uh, fiasco trying to do one simple thing and get stopped and stopped again for it. But Amos, Amos would get it done. He is efficient and effective. I bank the rest of my time. All right. You're banking 49 seconds here. Uh, and then give me a second. I'll bring up the uh, five-minute timer for your opening statement. All right. Come on now. Ah, Got to get used to this thing. going boy oh boy why is this okay stop <laughs> it's wonders of um, technology there we go all right there we go five minutes go for it amos burton is a man or as he's more colloquially known within his own universe he is an earther because amos burton isn't limited to a city or a continent or even a single planet he is a person that traverses the universe in a ship, in simple armor, from asteroid to planet, looking to defend those who need it. He is effective and efficient because he was born into violence in the city of Baltimore on the planet Earth as a young child raised by an adopted mother who he loved fiercely only to watch die carving him even that much more fiercely from the stone which he was cast. Amos Burton has to learn kindness. Throughout his growth as a character, he has to learn empathy. He is struggling to learn not to kill. He is more than capable, willing, and happy to, as displayed when he kills a doctor, when he kills multiple aliens. Ah, yes. Let us forget that he has not only fought humanity, he has fought existential scientific, or excuse me, science fiction threat in the form of aliens, literal aliens. So while, well, yes, he, uh, he may not have the, the fancy intelligence training of the U.S. government, Amos Burton has spent his entire life receiving training on the street 
in Baltimore on the planet Earth, and then out in space, where he also learned to be exceptionally effective with his hands as a mechanic, adding sheer brute strength to that muscular mass that he carries around with him. So yes, Lorraine may have her ability to move swiftly with a with a longer frame, but Amos is a brick shit house. He will not go down lightly. I, I bank the rest of my time. All right, banking another two forty here. Uh, let me write that down, and then we will get to TR and bring you over to start the two minute timer here in a sec. And go. For the time that this was set, which would be uh, 1989, there was no space travel. There is no way for Lorraine to travel the universe. However, she has worked all over the all over the, the globe in a way in ways that can only be imagined at this point because we don't have access to her to her uh, case files. Uh, and that is the only thing really stopping us knowing of all of the things that she has done and all of the things that uh, have happened to her. We don't we don't know who she's fought or who she's had to kill or who she's saved because that is not the nature of spy work. The nature of spy work is to be quiet, whereas Amos is very loud. That um, doesn't make any that's not anything wrong with Amos on that part. But just because they are such different styles, it just it it doesn't quite match up when it comes to that when it comes to the fighting itself now there could definitely be a case for either one of them um with with amos looking to uh defend the innocent as you said that's all well and good but that's exactly what lorraine is doing too she believes anyway that she is defending the u.s from the evil that is russia and germany and all of the other uh, evil that she was battling in that particular. And I fully believe that the ability to only kill when necessary is, makes her a much stronger fighter because she is able to hold back, but she still has the ability and can do it very quickly and very easy with very little uh, tools at her disposal. I rest. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let me stop this one. Bank in about 15 seconds there. Um, so, Demond. Yes. <laughs> you got uh, you got questions uh, for, for Tiara here? I do. Uh, the first one, um, and she might answer the second one with this answer. Um, could Lorraine, uh, almost said Lorraine, <laughs> could Lorraine... <laughs> she could do that too. I imagine. Could uh, wrong, wrong flight, guys. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yes, let's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, could she and would she use Amos's lack of moral compass against him and how do you think he, she would do so oh absolutely if if she thought that he was in the way and she needed to get rid of him she would absolutely use everything at her disposal including who he was um if he was a name on a piece of paper that she is supposed to take out or however you know spies get their actual missions um if he's that name that she's going after, she is going to find a way to undermine whatever to get to what he needs, whether it's using sex or information or just straight going after him. Um, that's that is what she does. She does not back down from that. 
So. She um, seems very coy. <laughs> if if she got caught, uh, if she got caught having to square up because you know just the nature of this debate. If she got caught having to square up, uh, how does she counter it? As a little person myself, this I might actually be uh, looking for some notes here. How would uh, how would how do you think she would counter the size difference and the strength and, uh, advantage? Well, in in the in the movie, I cannot speak to the comics because I have not read them fully yet. Um, but in the movie, she's constantly fighting men who are bigger than her, um, with bigger muscles, and she still comes out on top. She might come out completely bruised and battered and, you know, let's be honest, probably has some broken ribs or, you know, the actual actress got broken teeth doing the role. So, like absolutely like takes those hits and you know has to deal with them later but willing to take those and not afraid to take them so um and i don't know off the top of my head the exact height of Shirley theron but she's really tall so i'm i'm saying in canon that lorraine broughton is as tall as she is so like she moves really well for someone who i'm assuming is somewhere around like 510 um and you know, she does that in six inch heels sometimes. Like she she can move really well uh, to get away from anybody who's going after her. So Am I am I allowed to uh, also help her defend this? Because sure. in in the in the comics, she solves fight fights just with sheer brutality. Everything around her becomes a weapon. Right. She turns into a MacGyver. Right, and I'd it heard is, that. I just hadn't gotten to excellent. all of the specific information. Yeah. I just I know that um, it's one of the reasons why I I liked the character. Even in the movie, they kind of showed it not as much as I know is in canon. But um, like my previous character, uh, Robert McCall looks around and knows everything that's around her so that if that situation happens, she can grab a pen or a bottle or a plate or whatever is nearby. She knows it's there and she's going to use it. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. Cause that is something I knew, but didn't know. <laughs> they do a good job of it in the movie with the stairwell fight yes. sequence where she, begins, where she utilizes not only what's in the stairwell, but what she's taking off of the agents mm -hmm. or the, the men that she's fighting. Yeah. It's yeah. exceptionally well done in the film. So so Ben, I want to ask you. Yes. If Amos. Now, now we know where a Amos grew up in a brothel. Mm -hmm. So how would he compare if they went toe to toe? How would he fare compared to her? Both of them having to wear six inch heels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that question. Honestly, I think fine. <laughs> you think so? I think Amos would be completely fine. Uh, he, he grew up, um, now he he lightly touching on the books he he was born um kind of illicitly or illegally to a, a sex worker and is raised by a friend of his mother's um and she she is portrayed in the tv series um it's lydia but she uh she she teaches him as much compassion as one can be taught in a brutally uh violent brothel um but I, 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 without a doubt, think that that he could, uh, he would be just fine in heels. Um, you know, I mean, you could put him in a in a in a dress and heels, and and all day long he would be fine. Um, he he doesn't. We we Lorraine may look for weapons around her to to utilize and be efficient in that manner. 
he, from a very early age, he utilized what he had, which was his fists. And so he is very, very efficient and effective with what he has on him. And to be honest with you, I think giving him six inch shields, you would just give him another weapon. <laughs> somebody with him. I think I, I legitimately think he'd use it to drive like through the eye socket into the, into the, the brain or, or uh, you could go up through the softer mm-hmm. part of the jaw into the, the soft palate. Well, I mean, Lorraine, um, used, yeah, Lorraine used her heel to subdue the dude in the car when he was about absolutely. to kill her. So, like, yeah, I think she hooks him in the, mm-hmm. in the mouth. With and her. she beats right. him. She yeah. beats him a couple of times. Yeah. Like, it doesn't show it, like, piercing in his skin, but she beats him a couple of times and hooks him in the mouth to, like, get him out the door. And, yeah, it's that's an amazing scene, by the way. I love that. Yeah, it's it's phenomenally well done. That's why this this going into this fight was so exceptionally difficult because it's it's not that oh this character's you know we have weak characters. It's that they are so evenly well paired that we have to go with like I have to go with the space angle and you have to go with the espionage right, exactly. angle because otherwise <laughs> you know it, it's really I'm really curious what the audience is going to say about this one because it 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 comes down to could. You know, could Lorraine fight in zero gravity? Yeah, that could, was a, that was could, a, that was going to be a question I had because yeah, uh, Amos yeah, Amos it's, has it's, grown up or has spent a lot of time in zero g, having to navigate that kind of balance in his life. Uh, yeah. Well, if I, I think she could. yeah, I think if I think she would adapt instantly. I think that if you know, if she was in that universe she also would have grown up with all of that like you, you got to take oh, that yeah. into account like if we're putting them into each other's we have to imagine that they grew up in that world and so oh, we could no well jason x her will cry right. freeze her, <laughs> okay well her let's do space. that okay let's do that <laughs> i feel like she her intelligence and her ability to uh read everything around her so quickly she would figure it out and figure out how to use that to her advantage to, to move around um in ways that she never had before and and will almost gymnastic you know so she may not be it may not be something that she's used to but i feel like she would adapt pretty well um and side note just because we haven't really talked about the 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 sexuality part which is a big thing in being a spy um i in my head and again this is head canon this is not real canon but this is head canon but in my head as soon as you mentioned amos and six inch heels um, I just imagined bisexual Lorraine Broughton in 1989 going, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, so, I mean, I, I do, while I do agree that um, that they would probably pair well together, uh, I mean, we do know that Amos has no issue with taking out those he has loved. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he took out Marianne. <laughs> I will say Mary. I, I will. I will never call her Mary <laughs> because that's right. I love Jess Algaro and she's awesome. Right. Uh, Lorraine was not presented with any kind of opportunity to to have to kill someone that she cared about because when she cared about somebody, she still would tell them this is going to end in a bullet. Like you know, the she had a lover in the beginning of the movie and he died, and she immediately was like, "Okay, I'm going to cry about it. Then I'm going to burn his picture." And then later, she had a lover who was killed, and she's like, "God damn it! I told you to get out of here. Well, I got to move on with my life." Because it's the nature of the job. Um, but it's your she's, job. But it's your job. Uh, she's not going to <laughs> yeah, be the one to fall in love. Right, right. She's not going to be the the spy that falls in love and and like in Chuck, like we've been watching. She's the spy <laughs> that's like, you know, I'm I'm going to use you for everything I can, and when you are no longer something that I can use, I'm not going to have anything to do with you anymore. And you know, the past is the past, and oh, it's sad, but now I'm going to move on. 
Um, I, I absolutely concede that she, she is exceptionally well-trained and able to separate herself in a situation from her emotions and what is happening. And Amos could very easily be manipulated, whether by her or by somebody else into maybe not necessarily, uh, you know, killing himself. I don't think he's going to do that. That's not something that seems like he could be so well manipulated into, but 100% he could be manipulated into a very adverse situation by Lorraine because she is so exceptionally intelligent, not just with regular intellect, but with emotional manipulation and recognizing the things within another person that she can pinpoint and then press Mm -hmm. on. I, I do, I do pretty happily actually concede that to you. That is an excellent point. You know, if if I was to uh, you know have my way of getting them together in some situation, I would basically make him like her right hand man kind of thing. Like I can see them really like understanding each other in a way that nobody else has because of that whole like. Amos tries to restrict his empathy because he doesn't want to have those feelings. And she has been trained to restrict that empathy empathy, so she doesn't mm-hmm. have those feelings. So it's almost that same that same thing with both of them. And I feel like they would see that in each other and also respect the everything that got them to where they were. Like I could see them working together really well as a team. So Yeah, I would I would be curious. Uh <laughs> yeah, I, I could my, I would, my I, fan. I could see I could see you know, using the Chuck analogy, yeah, she 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 would totally be Sarah, and he would definitely Casey. be Casey. Yes, so yeah. yes, I yeah. could see that. Uh, yeah. Oh man. And the the and Delphine could absolutely be Chuck because oh she was so sweet, oh. and adorable. Um, in in the near future, can we do a like a revisit of this after you've had time to read the entire comic? Oh hell yeah. I would love that. Or can we just talk? Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, we follow each other on Twitter, so yes. <laughs> oh man, because yeah, we just need to have a conversation. Uh, uh, some stuff. Happens. I feel like there should be like I'm after just... parties. <laughs> we'll figure out. Yeah, something. yeah. So after parties at my place, guys, we'll get tacos. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know when it's the middle of summer and and there's still snow in Colorado because what it's snowing in Aspen today or something. Like, yeah, we could go visit. Oh, we go. <laughs> We got four inches on right. Saturday, but it's all gone now. And it's, it's going to be like 80. Today. Yeah, it was like 80 the day before. Yeah, no. Uh, it was 88. It was 88 the day before. All right. So, Tia, all right, yes. let's, let's, uh, let's give your uh, closing let's statement if you're ready. One. So yeah. here we go. Some would call Amos a sociopath, but I think he and Lorraine are kindred spirits. Though we know Amos came from abuse and trauma and consciously restricts his empathy, Lorraine's childhood is a mystery. Something has turned her into the into an elite spy who shuts off her own emotions in order to survive. She is brutal when crossed and only kills when necessary. She's never out of control of her emotions and is skilled at escaping attacks. In other words, Lorraine is a professional. I know we are only using Amos from the Amazon series, but a friend of mine gave me a scene from the books that I feel is highly re- relevant to this particular fight. Amos fights Bobby and she wins. In the show, he calls himself a talented amateur and Bobby a professional. He says that he would, of course, he would lose because he would lose to a professional. Again, Lorraine is a professional. Even Amos would say that she would win. Very nice. All right. Uh, Stop that a sec. And then we'll uh, bring you in, Ben. 
and uh, go for it. Go for it. At the end of the day, Lorraine Broughton is a trained agent of the planet Earth. She's used to being pointed somewhere and being fired and told to kill. She has killed in the line of her job. Uh, Amos has killed for fun. Amos is in no way restricted uh, with his morals. He learns them as time goes on. He grows into them, whereas Lorraine is restrained by the laws of the government, uh, the laws of the world around her, and even at times the laws of gravity, whereas Amos is not. He is free to uh, murder and rampage across the solar system uh, in a lawless universe and has done so on several occasions. And yes, uh, Lorraine has absolutely had the training and is a professional, but Amos got his name, Amos Burton, from the books by killing an actual gangster that was running the crime scene in Baltimore named Amos Burton and then stole his identity. So you tell me, trained agent, man who killed literal drug lord. I'm going to go with the amateur. His morals are a little more questionable and he seems faster to pull the trigger when needed. All right. That's all. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, all right. So let's, uh, let's get this nice. back here again. So demand, uh, what do you think? This is always so difficult. Uh, they're very, they're very, very similar. And you, and you have the professional versus you have a talented professional versus you have a professional versus a talented amateur mm-hmm. and it, but all things aren't equal. So yes, um, experience does experience Trump, you know, training. Like I, I really can't call it. It's, this is so good. I love this show so much. It's so much fun. And, the, and I would like to say, this is quite possibly the nicest debate we've had. So <laughs> Very polite. Very kind. Very kind. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is, it's all, you know, these are always fun, regardless of the style of the debaters or anything. I mean, because it's always fun. You learn things uh, and and things that that are unexpected come up all the time. So I I enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to see how, uh, to see how this turns out. Um, So, uh, so now that the debate is over. Uh, we're going to go ahead and tell you to go vote. So you will go to disputedpod.com slash Broughton V Burton. That's B-R-O-U-G-H-T-O-N V-B-U-R-T-O-N. Uh, and it should be live now on, on our website. So if you just go right there, uh, you will have watched, you may be watching here right now, uh, from the same page. So, uh, but yeah, we can I ask a question. Yeah. Yeah. How did I not notice before that Burton is within Broughton? Like. Be, like if you take the letters of Burton, it's within Broughton. Yeah, <laughs> my my brain just like stuck on that. I'm like, I have to say it out loud. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I did the. That's kind of why I did the last names instead of the first names. I thought it was better like that. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so we will uh, in our in two weeks we will announce the winners uh, from there. So um, what's the next debate? So we'll, we're going to get to that. Okay. Now. So, Spoilers. Um, yeah. So uh so just some quick plugs here. Like I said at the top of the show, 
Uh, you can find uh, everything that we do uh, disputed. How are you now? Everything on podsecure.com. We, uh, we put all our uh, audio episodes on there. Um, if you want merch, we have some cool merch uh, with a big D on it. Uh, so if you need some big D on your chest, then uh, you can go <laughs> get some D, some D uh, some D's. Um, and then uh, and yeah, go to disputedpod.com/links. You can find uh, all of our stuff there as well. So, uh, demand. Um, what's going on next? Our next scheduled bout on June 9th. At 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, which is so late for me. We will be back for our next scrap. It will be Ting from Ang. This is going to be so good. This is going to be Ting from Ang Bak versus Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. That's going to be awesome. Really looking forward to that. So, until next time. I'm Damon. I'm Dean. And remember, everything. everything is disputed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We are now asking you to go vote for your champion. We want to thank our advocates for their amazing defense of their champions. And finally, we'd like to thank the musical artists who created the music that helps make our show so great. We've got Hard Fight by Tajirigis. Game Changer by Icolix, Fight Club by Evil Bear Boris, Fight Makes Right by Atake, and This Party Sucks by Done With Fish. They can be found on freemusicarchive.org or on artlist.io. See you next time.